Hi, I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And welcome to Trendline. Nick, let's get right into the daily tracking numbers. Wow, you know, check out the check out the trend in the numbers right now. We're basically locked in an absolute tie. Conservatives at 33.6, liberals 33.4. Mm. It's like it doesn't get closer than that. Liberals 19.9, Bloc 5.3, Green Party 4.6, People's Party still there, 3.1. And what we have is, I don't know, what are we going to call it? A knife fight in a telephone booth? It's, it's basically an absolute dead heat between the two front running parties. And it's interesting when we look at the longer term trend hmm. that uh, the Liberals on August the 24th were at 33.4. On August 26th, last night, they were at pause, 33.4. It's, I guess it's kind of like Groundhog Day for... Uh, like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day for Justin Trudeau. I wake up, I'm at 33.4. I wake up again, I'm at 33.4. Yeah. And the and the one piece of movement that we've seen in the campaign, as you can see, the Conservatives, they were at 28. Now they're at uh, 33. So some positive movement on the ballot numbers for uh, Team Blue. This is like the, the big election reset that you've uh, talked about before. Yeah. It's going to soon be, I think, Michael, we're going to have the spaghetti trend line. <laughs> at least at least blue and red spaghetti we need that the new democrats to surge in order for us to have a a tricolor very italian a tricolor uh spaghetti trend line where they're all kind of uh if i can go like whatever awkwardly like this intermingling trend lines but mm. right now it's basically a dead heat between the conservatives and the liberals now uh in this episode nick uh you've got some really interesting numbers on a, a gender split uh, on, on voting for uh, potential prime ministers. Why don't you talk about that? Well, let's go with potential prime minister first, and then maybe we'll dig into the gender stuff as our spotlight. <laughs> but on the preferred prime minister tracking completed last night, we have Justin Trudeau at 32.4, O'Toole at 27.4, Singh at 18.1, Bernier 4, Paul 2.5, and Blanchette at 2.2. So still, uh, still about a five point lead mm. for Justin Trudeau over O'Toole, but O'Toole still like 10 points up almost or thereabouts from where he was on August the 12th. So positive movement from him, but advantage Trudeau, but only a five point advantage at this time. Mm. So uh, O'Toole, like, big gain so far for preferred PM. Now I, I jumped the gun a little bit on this, but now how does it look for uh, a gender split for O'Toole? Well, you know, what's interesting is that when we crunch the numbers on the ballot support, they're very striking. It's like gender war, battle mm. of the sexes. I don't know what we want to call it. Anyways, it's very striking in terms of the divisions within our country when we look at ballot support uh, based on gender. And, you know, look at, uh, for example, support among women. The liberals are at 37 while the uh, conservatives are at 27. It's basically uh, a 10 point uh, 10 point differential, but look at those numbers for the conservatives among male voters, 40.7, hmm. doing pretty good, only 29.6 wow. uh, among women. And uh, the other thing is, is the New Democrats, the other progressive party also does uh, marginally better among women than, uh, than among men. So what we have is uh, on the one side of the ledger, Men who are definitely tilting towards the conservatives by a significant margin. And then on the other side of the ledger, we have women tilting towards the progressive parties, both of the progressive parties, 
especially the liberals, but also the new Democrats. Now, uh, what issues do you think are, are driving this, this split? Well, I think one of the things is that the liberals have traditionally done well among women voters, as have the new Democrats. So I think for the liberals, they see women as part of their core franchise, their core coalition, so to speak. Hmm. Um, and uh, as a result, you know, that's why they've been so uh, focused on, for example, universal child care. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, health care, all those types of issues in order to win women voters. The two for one for the liberals is that if they do well among women, they probably have a better chance to pick up women voters who are currently supporting the new Democrats. So it helps them try to bring together what I'll say the progressive, uh, progressive coalition. I mean, I, I know in the uh, 2015 election, I believe Trudeau uh, uh, focused on a on an even gender split in his own uh, uh, caucus going into parliament. And, and that's something that uh, the conservatives did, did not offer. Um, is this historically, though, a, a bigger split than, than Trudeau and Harper in terms of uh, the gender split? Well, we know uh, not in terms of the conservatives. So for the conservatives, at least, they are always, uh, even under Stephen Harper, um, significantly tended to tilt towards men. But when Stephen Harper was winning elections, he was more competitive among women. Hmm. And maybe that's the key takeaway. The winning hmm. franchise, regardless of what party that you happen to lead, would be to do well in one gender group and then to be competitive in the other gender group. And right now, we have two front-running parties that are doing well in one gender group, but they're not competitive in the other, which explains why we're deadlocked at this particular point in time in the campaign. So Nick, why are uh, so many men uh, being driven towards the conservative support? Well, you know, the conservatives traditionally are strong among, uh, among male voters. And the other thing is that uh, the conservatives are also stronger on a lot of economic issues, which tends to, uh, tends to appeal to male voters. But Michael, what's actually, quite interesting about this particular campaign, which is very different from previous campaigns, especially for the conservatives, is that we have a, a conservative leader who, when asked about abortion, came out and said outright that he was pro-choice, mm -hmm. which, which is a departure from what we've seen in the past. That basically sends a signal to a lot of voters, even though they, don't, they might not read the fine print about where he stands on a lot of issues, where he stands on abortion is a key signal to women. The other thing that I thought was quite interesting was that Aaron O'Toole focused on mental health and that many Canadians are suffering from mental health and the idea to put mental health on the agenda and basically have almost equal status between mental and physical health. I see those two things as Aaron O'Toole trying to not just soften his image, but try to lay down issues that would naturally be appealing to women and it's going to be interesting to see as those things kind of get hammered home, especially the mental health uh, proposal that he has and the policy uh, that he has on the mental health front, whether it makes women more accessible or open to voting conservative than in the past. The numbers haven't moved yet, but I think it's interesting. It's clear what the conservative strategy is on how they want to appeal to women. Uh, speaking of issues, uh, you know, What's uh, what's driving uh, the election right now? What is it? Is it housing still, or or uh, we've also seen? I mean, terrible news out of Afghanistan. The Canadian mission has ended with our with our evacuation flights. How how much of an impact is that having? Well, the one thing that we do know is that there's been less focus in week two of the campaign on 
why are we calling an election, which kind of falls into the traditional mold. And there's nothing that occur has occurred on the pandemic to, to put a focus on why the election was called. But other issues have come to the fore, specifically the crisis in Afghanistan. And, and it's gonna be interesting to see how Canadians judge uh, Justin Trudeau and his response to the crisis and whether it's good enough. We know that uh, Aaron O'Toole has also uh, come out strong on this in the last couple of days in terms of his plan for Afghanistan, as have uh, Jagmeet Singh. But beyond that, uh, the, other, uh, the other big issues, there have been skirmishes on healthcare, which is the liberal attack uh, on some comments that Aaron O'Toole made in the past. There's also been discussions about mental health, which was Aaron O'Toole's response, and housing and affordability uh, continue to be a top issue in the campaign. Jagmeet Singh came out strong on that on, in the last couple of days. And it looks like all of the federal parties are looking to crowd in on how to help Canadians get through a post-pandemic period where there's a recovery and how they can afford their housing, whether they're renters or homeowners. So, uh, so we're kind of getting into the, uh, I'll call it, can we call it the juicy policy bits of the campaign? <laughs> right. uh, there have been a little fewer pot shots and more, what I'll say, substantive battles on the big issues that Canadians want to hear about. Uh, have you seen any sort of surprises so far in the in, in the uh, the trends, uh, Nick, or, or anything you're expecting up ahead in the coming week? Well, I, th I think uh, the one big trend has been uh, has been in favor of O'Toole on the preferred prime minister fund. To to move ten points in a little over ten days is actually quite significant. Um, and the other thing is is that. We also know that leadership is a big and important factor when people make decisions. People are not as, uh, they're not hardcore loyalists and partisans. They weren't, aren't born into parties the way they were 20, 30 years ago and leadership's important. So I think the, the number to watch is the preferred prime minister as kind of a leading indicator. And on this particular front, O'Toole has been able to become much more competitive than he was four weeks ago. Uh, Nick, as always, thanks very much. And where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K, Nanos, or you can get lots of stats at www.nanos.co. And you can find more information on what Nick and I have discussed in this episode at ctvnews.ca. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>